Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Show. I've decided not to do it in the Will Gavin way, but I'll do it in the Ollie Hunter way. Will is there on the line, however his microphone keeps going. Anyway, why am I telling you that? I do not know. We've been promising to do this for a while, but we're going to get back into our, our NFC and AFC divisional previews. We're doing two podcasts this week, but today we're going to focus on free agency news, return of the jerseys, everything else. This is the Gridiron Show, Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Trips, getting you in the game. I'm sure I missed out loads of things there. Will Gavin Ah whatever. You you Who can cares? you can you can do the rest of that as as your microphone won't die or you know, your line won't go. Uh, it's Ollie Hunter here in the studio. Will Gavin down the line, but a good line. A good welcome line because the, Welcome to the show team. Yeah, welcome welcome to the show. Matt Sherry is not around. For some reason he's being he's being very uh what's it called? Suspicious evasive yeah not, evasive. I, I, I can actually tell you exactly what it is it's because he has gone to visit ben mortimer of touchdown trips uh, to discuss some okay, of the stuff okay. for the tour etc they were doing it up north in sheffield somewhere there was an invite extended i was like me and ollie both work full-time thank you very much we've got important things to do with our lives i mean we uh, really do although <laughs> <laughs> technically i'm before a shift and you're all going to the cinema today but you know that's by the by we are busy okay. people down here yeah, but I'm going to the cinema to see Gleason, the Steve Gleason documentary. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, that's the one that you asked me to go, and I was just like, uh, I'm not sure whether it's my bag. I think I'm sure it will be a great movie, but not not for me, Beaky. Well, well, we, I mean, we had Scott Fujita, the former uh, Saints and Browns linebacker, obviously close friend of Steve Gleason, and features in the movie on the show a little while ago, and talking about the film and and when it was announced that they are doing a UK limited UK release over this week and next, um, he tweeted me like out of the blue. What a lovely thing to do! Um, I think the director tweeted UK audiences. Here's the cinema you can cinemas you can see the film in this coming week, and he quote tweeted it and added me in it. And what a nice thing to do from Scott Fujita. So I booked my ticket i'm going to see it this afternoon and i think we're going to get scott on the show at some point in the next week or so to talk about the film but also we can talk about the saints off season the browns a bit about the work he's doing at fox now great guy big big fan of scott so um i think he's going to come on at some point in the next week as we were saying we are in association with touchdown trips and you still can get uh, your interest registered in the trip and what we're going to do on tomorrow's show it's a guest laden show tomorrow we're going to have brandon williams the re-sign nose tackle of the Baltimore Ravens. We're going to have George Iloka, uh, the safety for the Cincinnati Bengals. And we're going to have Seth DeVal. That's a name you might not know well, but he is uh, the second string Browns tight end. And the reason it's a really interesting interview is we spoke to him at the Super Bowl, but he was a, a late round rookie last year. And he scored two touchdowns and, and got into the offense more and more as the year went on. But it's quite a fascinating interview to hear the process of what's happening in Cleveland as Sashi and Hugh Jackson and Paul DePodesta and everyone there tries to properly reboot this franchise from the ground up. So all of that's coming on tomorrow's show and we'll be speaking with Ben Mortimer from Touchdown Trips to get a little more information on exactly what the tour's going to involve and hopefully tempt a few more of you into coming along on it. It's going to have me. It's going to have Ollie. It's going to have Sherry. And it's going to have Simon Clancy. I don't know why you wouldn't want to come. He actually is going to have Simon Clancy. He's um, he's so in, uh, involved in it that he's actually paying, which is incredible. Uh, now we should clarify: it is incredible. Yeah. We should we should clarify at this early stage that there was a moment over recent days where the NFL put out a statement to 
let us all know that Tom Brady's not only Super Bowl 51 jersey, but Super Bowl 49 jersey had both been found. Did you know that was missing, the 49 one? I I don't think anyone knew it was missing. That's amazing, isn't it? Part of the news, and since then, um, the news that, well, I've heard with Von Miller, I've heard his cleats and I've heard his helmet, both of those went missing and are believed to be in the hands of the same man. But when they said it was in the names of an unnamed international media member, there might have been some pretty immediate sideways glancing and finger pointing going on, both in our WhatsApp group, both on Twitter. Uh, let's just say... By your we, wife. <laughs> let's just say, Sherry is not on the show, not because he stole Tom Brady's Super Bowl jersey and has gone into hiding from the FBI, but he has genuine reasons for not being here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and contrary to reports... Uh, in that video, the the CCTV footage that's been uh, put around, where you can vaguely, if you look really closely, see myself, Josh Peacock, and Sherry. But the person whose head is quite clearly within the circle of suspicion, Will Gavin. <laughs> the circle of suspicion is excellent. It's great that. Uh, it's neither you it's not you either is it you yeah. you can categori- categorically confirm that you did not steal tom brady's jersey what i want to make clear is this wasn't a diversion play this was no kind of i i you know i i wasn't running some kind of uh uh you know some kind of route to confuse the defense some kind of trick play i wasn't going in motion to create confusion i had no involvement whatsoever although i do look oddly smug on the video you you always look oddly smug. Ever since the whole Triple B thing, that's your default mode, oddly smug. All right, mate. No, it's a fact. Uh, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, we should probably cover it briefly. Tom Brady's Super, Super Bowl jerseys have been found. Uh, they were found uh, allegedly, still allegedly, although we don't have to say allegedly because it's not in this country, on uh, Maurizio Ortega, former executive of a Mexican newspaper company. Um, the video has now been released unblurring his face. Uh, the value, the, the amazing things about this, first of all, yeah. is that the FBI were involved in this investigation. Like, apparently being friends with with uh, Donald Trump has its benefits and and secondly that they the Houston police had valued the jersey at a value of $500,000 wow but just to clarify with the FBI thing James Comey the head of the F- FBI came out in a press conference after speaking to the Boston Globe and said uh, there was some questions over whether or not you know uh, there was a, a little bit of interjection and he simply said um, during a, a testimony before Congress I hate the New England Patriots no matter who they play I want them to lose I'm at the same time rooting against the Patriots hoping their opponent beats them when there's only there's only two teams on the field I will always root for the other yeah but if you listen to the whole thing it, it, it makes sense what he's saying. He's talking about the Russian involvement in uh, the or the alleged. I must uh, must remember that the alleged Russian involvement <laughs> in the 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 presidential race between Clinton and Trump. And he he he, he was just saying that it, it was it, it's not exactly black and white. He you know the FBI and he hates the Patriots. He does hate the Patriots. He's a Giants fan, but he was making a point. He was using it as an analogy about the presidential race. So I think people, when they look at it in in isolation, whoa, how can the guy from the FBI be whoa. saying this? But Bang. actually, he, he was actually 
using it in quite a, cl a clever analogy that I've kind of forgotten and would <laughs> probably should have looked up beforehand before saying this, but it's not as black and white as people say. Just out of interest, Ollie. Yeah. As you made uh, an Alan Brazil, whoa, noise. People enjoyed the return of office gossip. The aforementioned uh, ferret, wouldn't know what do we call him, not a ferret, meerkat, has since heard the podcast and wasn't happy about it. Oh, really? Uh, no, not like unhappy. He wasn't annoyed about it, but it became a thing in the office for like a day or so. Oh, really? Uh, that's not, that's, that's not, that's not good. Look, I think he's a lovely, I think he's a lovely fellow. <laughs> Uh, I'd just like to mention uh, and make that clear. He, he was just a little drunk. and Just a little. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah. But, but the reason I bring it up is with the Brazil thing. Did you see the Soccer AM talk port thing that they put out this week on their YouTube channel? No, I don't. Uh, Soccer AM wasn't relevant about 10 yeah. years ago so soccer am isn't relevant but this is funny it's well worth going and finding it's like they do a fake caller calling into brazil and um you know he's talking to to callers uh it's obviously all fake but he's talking to callers and, the, and the, he's talking about how the crowd has turned at whatever ground he's talking about it's like so has the crowd turned on the manager and the the caller's like yeah say say are you saying there's booze at the forest ground and the guy's like yeah lots of booze and he went and you've not invited brazil bang it's quite funny yeah it's sounds quite... sounds great mate <laughs> i enjoyed it yeah i'm glad uh, you did i was wondering if anyone in the office was aware of it but that's all. no i don't think anyone is aware of it at all uh, before we talk football uh, is there anything else that you'd like to discuss ollie any well, talking... personal life stuff you want to get off your chest we didn't get to do this last yeah time. talking of booze um, I'm talking of booze booze rather than alcohol booze uh, I'm, I'm disgusted with the England football team with the, with the football team no 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 okay the the, yeah the fans the fans have I'm disgusted with the fans and the fans have made me seriously turn off the England football team I only watched the game against Germany on Wednesday night uh, because I had to for work you've got to be clued up about what's going on on the field but I, I watched the highlights back later. Do you know what I was watching when the game was on? Uh, no. A show called Jane the Virgin, which is a personal favourite of Sarah's, but is actually quite... Like, you know, a guilty pleasure that you're secretly like, OK, you can watch that. But I know, really, you I know. quite enjoy watching it. When I had a wife, uh, I had to watch Britain's Next Top Model. Enjoyed it. What can you do? Yeah. You, you just pretend like it's a hardship so that later on you can put the football on without it being questioned. But, but you're actually... actually love yeah. Jane the Virgin really what are other people's <laughs> favourite <laughs> guilty pleasures on telly that they have to watch because their significant other is making them watch at Gridiron at Will Gav at Ollie Hunter let us know uh, but I, yeah I, the, the whole the whole singing of booing the German national anthem singing of the terrible uh, German oh, bomber song the IRA song how many wars did you it was 72 years ago Germans are, are wonderful people. We've had just had this atrocity happening in in London, where the outpouring of emotion and and well being from from across the world. I just think England football fans are classless, and that's it. I'm done. I'm done yeah. supporting England. That's it. Yeah, and and you know we both live in London. The empathy, the sympathy, the support that was shown across the world after yesterday's actions was, was amazing to see. And they go and behave like that. And I felt, I felt myself getting so angry. I was like, I feel like if I'd been there, I would have either walked out or got into an argument with somebody about it, like in the stands, because just disgusting. And I know knowing, it's a small knowing you, it would, be, it would be the latter. 
there there are pl- <laughs> there are plenty of delightful England fans. I've been to international tournaments. Yeah. I've been to away international games, and there are plenty of fans who go out and represent our country really well. But yeah, there is a, a small percentage who ruin it for everyone, and people jump on the bandwagon, and it's a bit disgusting. And I don't know whether the commentator at the time was aware exactly what they were singing, but you could clearly hear the bomber song. And then the commentator goes, "Ah, oh, the English, the the England traveling England supporter in fine voice. Oh, come oh on, God. come on, mate, come on." I mean, who, who was it? Uh, was it it's ICV? Is it champion? Is he normally the champion? Could be champion. Is he normally the one? Clive. I think they made a, a massive fox pass there, and. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh so much at our own joke. Yeah, that that's funny. a real that's a real talk sport in joke. Uh, Mickey Quinn, sc- dead, not even dead. Pa- seriously, said Fox Paz instead of faux pas. Uh, apologies, guys, but yeah, it's uh, it really it's upset me, and I think I'm 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 sad that Sherry's not here today because the, an in joke of our own can't be used. So I'd just like to ask that you, we continue if any time the Patriots are mentioned, even though he's not here, in his honour. Oh, yeah, yeah. Flagging it up. Okay? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just, all right, let's, we'll get on to football, but there is one very quick thing. While yeah, we're what, what about do you want to talk guilty about, pleasures. Man? Just while we're talking about guilty pleasures, have, uh, not even guilty pleasures, but TV, have you watched Legion? Legion? No. Is that on Sky Atlantic? Uh, no, no, it's on Fox, it's on isn't it? Fox or something like that. Or Faux. Um, Faux, yeah. Yeah, good. It's on foe and it is superb. Uh, I've been watching it from the US and it's on to like nine. I'm through nine episodes of ten. And it's um, I mean, it's another bloody superhero thing, annoyingly. But it is um, it's a show about uh, a, a person who thinks they have mental illness who thinks they have mm. got split personality but ends up actually they are just a x-men type mutant with all these powers and they've been pawned off to him as being a mental illness over his life so it starts off in um a, a, a mental illness hospital and it develops from there and it is it's got like a bunch of really great accents it's got one of the guys from um uh from that new zealand hilarious tv show oh yeah um, flight of the corn cords yeah um and it is weird and it has dance numbers and it's got genuinely scary bits and it's got and it's just brilliant it's like the most exciting and innovative tv i've watched in a while so uh, i just want to recommend it okay yeah great I, i quite like these superhero things that have become ultra realistic a bit like uh logan logan which was great movie logan was great but but it it didn't feel like a superhero movie. It felt like a just like an action movie where there are superhero elements. You know what I mean? This is similar. This feels like it's outside of the normal superhero realm Ooh. because it's like because it has but it has some pretty it's got some pretty out there stuff. It's got powers. It's got like so there's supernatural stuff that happens, but it's a, also a study on mental illness. It's also a study on relationships. It it's, doesn't it's really feel out of place. It's fascinating. Okay, I mate, that's it. great. Let's get into football. Yeah, sorry. That was a really long one without talking about football. But yeah. in the next show, we're going to talk loads about football. So uh, it's the... Go suck an egg, guys. 
<laughs> it's the competition committee have been meeting this weekend it's the owners meetings this weekend and that's um significant for a couple of reasons the first one is by the end of this weekend the oakland raiders we could know that they have moved from oakland to vegas or at least the vote has gone through for them to move from oakland to vegas a huge stumbling block has been moved out of the way because there was the 600 there was the 750 million dollars which was coming from private funding which they have now managed to find funding through the banks from that has been sorted i think Bank of America might be funding. I'm trying to remember which one. But um, the other big one is for some reason, and I don't know why this has been reduced so much, but the expected relocation fee for the Raiders to move to Las Vegas has been moved to $325 million. Uh, it's not officially been set, could go up to 350 but considering the Rams and Chargers relocation fees were $650 million, it's a much smaller amount. And you would, it would also suggest that with that happening, with the fact that the, the the site has been signed off on, with the fact that this private money has come in, and the fact that it's even going to get voted on at the owners' meetings, I think it all suggests the league are pretty confident that they would receive the 24 votes needed from owners around the league in order to sanction this move. I think we've talked about these things a lot, and... You know, I feel like I've pretty much made my feelings on this known. I don't mind a team being moved from St. Louis to L.A. St. Louis never felt like a football town and L.A. does. And L.A. having a team back is not a problem. I hate teams being moved out of San Diego and Oakland. I think Oakland is, uh, as part of the Bay Area, one of the biggest TV and media markets in the entire country. And Oakland itself is very up and coming. There's a lot of redevelopment happening in the local area. They don't have the money to throw around on a new stadium. And I get that because they're spending so much money on uh, you know, the commercial redevelopment, the housing redevelopment, everything else that's happening in that area. Las Vegas, I hate as a location for the team because of the nature. It'll be a transient fan base. Every game will just be attended by people having jollies for the weekend in Vegas. I think there'll be no home atmosphere whatsoever, which is shocking considering that we're talking about the black hole. We're talking about Raiders fans and just all everything about it stinks to me. And the fact that it's happening around a time, there are people who could point fingers and say that we are being disingenuous because we have openly supported the idea of a team in London or suggested not necessarily supported it but suggested we believe it would work and the most likely thing is that a team would be moved here for that to happen but to lose a team in Oakland and San Diego two of the best markets in the whole of the NFL and to put a second team in LA when the first team isn't successful yet and to put a team in Las Vegas which is like the 40th media market or something on something I saw the other day it just it the whole thing stinks to me I hate it yeah I mean when you've got a town which it's a relatively new town that it feels a little bit like moving the the AFC uh, moving Wimbledon to Milton Keynes you know that kind of it's it, you're just plugging and playing and putting something in there okay MK Dons has become a bit of a success story even so it's it's not liked they're a team not well liked by Wimbledon and not really around the football league as a whole anyway and then to to move that to NFL and move a really established historical you know, 50 year old team to a place which is by all intents and purposes quite vacuous um, it's about the, it's the, it's the, the here is, and now there's no history 
I get that the Raiders are a team that have moved before because they've been in LA, they've been in Oakland. I get that. So why not put them in LA and move the Chargers to Las Vegas? You know, if you're going to do it, at least put the Raiders back in a city that they're loved. But I think they don't want to do that because it would guarantee the Rams won't be a success because the Raiders are already popular in Los Angeles. They're trying to go, right, we want to make Las Vegas work, so let's put a team that have the potential to be popular there. And then they put two teams in LA, both of which don't really have a fan base there, but kind of have a little bit of a fan base there and see if both of them can work. I just, the whole thing stinks. I mean, the Rams almost works, but we've said it before, when we went to, when I went to LA, um, there were more Oakland fans, or sorry, more Raiders fans than there were Rams. No one. I didn't see one Chargers jersey. So yeah. it's it's a, a baffling situation going on in the West Coast around all those, all three of those teams. If, do you think there's any way that the NFL? I know it's 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 wonderfully symmetrical. Sixteen teams in each conference, four f- divisions of four. Is there any way of of expansion or? Would that be diluting? Could we see perhaps a team in Mexico? Could we see a team in Austin? You know, that kind of thing. Is there? There's no scope for expansion to the league? I, I, yeah, I'm, I don't believe. I think the format works really well as it does at the moment. And I know there's been some talk about expanding the playoffs. I think that'd be a mistake. And there's been some talk about expanding the regular season, which actually... I support expanding the regular season by a game and reducing the preseason by two and adding an extra bye weekend. I think that's another thing that we've talked about a, a huge amount. But I, I, it kind of feels like with expansion, there's a few teams that aren't working at the moment. So why would you expand? And actually, it's quite interesting because I've been doing recently. This is just a personally. I've reading. I've read a couple of books recently, and I've been looking at. Whoa. Um, yeah, I know. Whoa. Uh, I've been looking at the. Um, the the move by the Browns to Baltimore and I've been reading about Art Modell and I've been reading about how they then expanded the league beyond that because I was just interested in the whole thing like with the Texans and the Jaguars that was very early that all happened quite early in my NFL fandom and I don't really yeah I mean new fans never, take I, it as a given don't they that 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 Jacksonville always in Jacksonville the in the, the Baltimore Ravens were always in you know were, were almost in Baltimore the, the the Indianapolis Colts have always been in Indianapolis and not from Baltimore you know that kind of thing so the the we've had a, a period of stability for a long time and it this whole moving of teams isn't actually that new yeah and and you had the 95 expansion the other thing that chats me to it there's a great interview with Bill Polian funnily enough it's on uh, Peter King's podcast uh, there was another thing an interview with Bill Polian where he was the GM of the uh, of uh, was he at the Panthers when the expansion draft happened in '95? I think he was. Mm. Um, and uh, so we ha- we had the '95 expansion. We had the 2002 expansion with the Houston Texans. Uh, yeah, he was. He was at Carolina because Jacksonville were the other team, and there, there was the whole trade down. And the Jags took Tony Baselli as they traded up to get that draft. Um, yeah, I you know I, I don't think expansion is the way, but there is. Uh, is yeah, it's always a possibility. Of course, it is. Um, just to point out as well, I forgot to mention it earlier, at Gridiron on Twitter, we've currently got a competition running for uh, Baller Season 2. Baller Season 3 is coming out in a few weeks' time, um, and Baller Season 2 is now available on DVD and Blu-ray. And we've got three copies to give away, either on DVD or Blu-ray. I'm going to be writing um, my review of Season 2, and that's going to be going up on our website pretty soon. Uh, but this, we've got DVDs and Blu-rays to give away. It's a 
Very simple retweet and follow competition. You have to follow us, retweet the ballers tweet and follow HBO UK. Um, and uh, we'll be up there for about three days and then we'll um, we'll contact some winners. So, yeah, go and get involved. And, you know, it's worth 20 odd quid and it's a nice little prize. Never seen it. Will see it. Retweeting tweet now. <laughs> I think my phone actually just vibrated as you retweeted it. There we well. go. That's what happens when you yeah, live retweeting. Um, interesting uh, email from Roger Goodell uh, addressing. You got an email from Roger Goodell. (laughs) (laughs) It's gone stratospheric, guys. (laughs) Triple B. It's getting emails from the commish. This was an email to all fans who are signed up on NFL.com or whatever. Uh, Or an email addressed to fans saying that the NFL is looking to make a series of changes to improve the flow and pace of the game and commercialization and the number of necessary disruptions to the game on the field. Um, These are the changes that were were outlined by Goodell. Clubs will vote on a change to centralised replay reviews. Instead of a fixed sideline monitor, we'll bring a tablet to the referee who can review the play in consultation with our officiating headquarters in New York. Regarding game timing, we're going to institute a play clock following the extra point when television does not take a break and we're considering instituting a play clock clock after a touchdown. Uh, We're also going to standardise the starting of the clock after a runner goes out of bounds and standardise half-timed lengths in all games so we return to the action as quickly as possible now part of this is clearly that they're going to reduce the number of adverts in game flow and what i absolutely love about this is last season there was the reduction we we talked about it on our show on the nfl show on Talksport 2 on everywhere about the the reduction in viewing figures for the nfl in the u.s and people pointed fingers at um, the election, which certainly had part of it, uh, people pointing fingers, uh, uh, you know, just the general popularity of the game, the violence of the game people didn't like. Uh, but it felt like no one ever really discussed the quality of the product on the field is one thing which was discussed. But the number of adverts does really put people off NFL and the, and the speed of the game. And when you have a nationally televised game, and I think we've seen this in the UK with the early kickoffs. What's really funny about the early kickoffs in the UK is that. The 6 p.m. games are almost always done by 9 p.m. They are banged out. They get done in three hours because it's not a nationally televised game. There are less adverts. What I noticed the first time watching the games in the 2.30 kickoff, working them, because I've been to televised games, but as a fan, and so normally I've had a few beers, and what I noticed was every time that a score happens, there's 60 seconds before they take the PAT because they've gone to an ad break. And they're showing replays after the PAT. There's another 60 seconds before they kick off again because they're showing adverts. They're going to cut out a lot of that. And I think that's really important to retaining fans on TV and going to stadiums because it'll make the game a bit quicker. Yeah, what you're getting a lot in media nowadays is not just about the amount of people watching or listening. It's the length of time that they're doing so. And you want to reduce the opportunities for a listener or a watcher to turn off or switch over. And to do by doing that, reducing the amount of adverts or the length of the adverts, I think is a really, really clever or really well, good move from the league. Interestingly, actually, the length of the adverts will go up slightly. I know that sounds odd considering everything they're looking at. But like the standard in-game ads that happen at the end of quarters and stuff like that will actually go up from a minute 50 to two minutes 20. But there will be a lot less of those ad breaks because they won't do them after every touchdown, after everything. So there will be, uh, you know, uh, the ads themselves will be slightly longer. You can go and have a 
appears to go to the bar, whatever else. But the the frequency will be a lot lower, and that's I think really important. Yeah, the, those switching off points, and when you're talking about expanding the game, not just. Um, in the United States and getting more and more people watching and, and listening over there but when you're going global over here Germany elsewhere where there is a culture of not too of, of a free of a free-flowing game and not uh, constantly interrupted to reduce that is you know is is helping expand the game internationally as well as nationally in the States as well I think it all it all points to the league trying to listening to the fans but also trying to retain more and more of them uh, uh just to uh what i want to talk about actually is the uh, nfl competition committee because there's a couple of things that have been raised with the competition committee getting together and some suggestions for things that are going to happen in the league this year and get your thoughts on them okay um, shoot because I, I i'm not aware of these so this will be live thoughts from ollie hunter hot takes everyone's excited about this i'm sure keep listening guys uh, <laughs> um proposal to reduce overtime to 10 minutes now just to explain why apparently uh, people feel there's a real disadvantage for a team playing an entire 15 minute overtime before having to turn around and play a thursday night game the following week sometimes happens um or even going to play a week later an extra quarter of a game feels longer uh of the 83 seasons of the 83 regular season overtime games in the last five years to go to overtime 22 of them the overtime went over 10 minutes now you could say that means we would have had 22 ties in the last five years we wouldn't have had but obviously if you're playing under the different rules you might treat your timeouts differently you might treat your game flow differently it's a chaos theory shoulda woulda coulda you don't know what will happen yet so uh, are we pro or anti this ambivalent i don't care (laughs) i'm kind of anti because i just think it feels like a change for the sake of a change um uh, you know these are professional athletes you've got a 53-man roster you've got a practice squad figure out yeah okay i agree with you there yeah i'm I'm on board fine by Um, me there's some talk about um illegal hits could leads to an immediate ejection from the game so they implemented the two personal fouls in the same game ejection thing last year they might now bring in an even more severe one and done for particularly bad offenses i think this is a good idea when you've got a player uh, let's go back to the packers giants playoff game uh jordy nelson gets gets pretty nastily hit as going out of bounds i can't remember was it jenkins i can't remember the 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 giants safety who came over and and smashed him with the crown of his helmet uh, under in the rib cage broke geordie nelson's ribs nelson's out for the playoffs he he was allowed to carry on playing that kind of thing shouldn't be allowed so i agree i i think that's i I think it's a, a fantastic idea and it will reduce okay it may not reduce uh the um the amount of hits that players are going to be getting and the 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 fierceness of them but it's a proper punishment because what what with that hit in particular players will say well you don't think about these things as you're doing it you're just playing the game but i think there should be proper repercussions for people that that make hits that aren't right 
I think my problem with it is this is very similar to the targeting rule they introduced in college football in NCAA. Um, and uh, Bob Nielsen, the NCAA Rules Committee chair, has said that they've seen a positive change in player behavior because of this, which is obviously important. My problem is, is that these style of hits are still not reviewable in the NFL. And there have been occasions, and I, I know it's ridiculous that you as a Packers fan have brought up a Packers one. I as a 49ers fan, I'm going to bring up a 49ers one. I know that that's showing a bit of individual team bias. Oh, those, these are the, the ones, ones that we remember. We're but, fans of the game. That's why think, we remember them. But I think people remember this anyway because it happened uh, it was a very a pretty significant play and discussed a lot of the week after but um the navarra bowman hit on drew Brees two seasons ago where he it was a very tight game with the saints a game the 49ers ended up losing and that hit and the subsequent penalty allowing the saints to continue that drive contributed to them losing that game in quite a big way and that was the season we went eight and eight in jim harbour's last season and that was quite a turning point for the year um Bowman, actually, when you see the hit in real time, it looks vicious. It looks like he's hit him in the head. You see the way that Drew Brees' head whips away looks really horrible. And you would, if you're a referee in real time, you're throwing a flag there. If it's reviewable and you go back and watch it, Bowman clearly hits him in the shoulder pads. It's completely legal. And if it had been reviewable, I believe it would have been called back. It was a completely legal hit. Just in real time, it looked bad because there was like a whiplash effect on Drew Brees' head because he'd been underprotected and wasn't protecting himself, basically. Those are the sort of things. I think this is – I'm all for them trying to make the game safer, but I think you have to meet it in the middle if you're going to do it. I think – yeah, okay. I'm with you on that. You've turned me Uh, around. I'm with you. (laughs) I do do my best. The only reason I'm here is to try and convince you. Thanks, I don't care about anything else. Yeah. We all know Uh, that's not true, but – Hazel Irvin here at Spencer Park in Coventry, where 37-year-old Emily and her mates are taking part in a fancy dress fun run to fundraise for sports relief. And that means I've been lumbered with her dog, Tilly. Oh, Tilly, not over there. And they're off. An impressive array of costumes on show today, everything from penguins to pirates, all taking on poverty and injustice. Respect. Spectacular. Poverty getting crushed by Katie on a space hopper. Easy. Coming into the final stretch now, and it's neck and neck. I think we're in for a photo finish here. But it's Suzanne smashing through injustice. She is a winner. Hey, Tilly, get off my tutu. Tilly, sit. You can help change the world too. Just get your exclusive Sport Relief merchandise at Janeiro's Sainsbury's. Sport Relief. It's game on. This message was brought to you by Acast. Thank you. There are going to be a lot more of these coming out the rest of this week, so we will discuss more and more of them as uh, as the week continues, and we'll get into all of that um, uh, as they announce any changes they are going to make or any changes that are being discussed or voted on. So we'll get into those probably uh, early on next week. Should we talk about the free agent moves that have happened this past yeah, week? Yeah, this is my favourite time of the year. <laughs> when there's uh, favourite favourite time of the year when there's not football being played? Do you mean or? No, no, no. Just, just love it, love it all. Is this ironic because you're a Packers fan and you're sick of your team getting worse every year? Yeah, 
Good. Just wanted to make sure. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul signs a four-year, $62 million deal with the Giants. Uh, $40 million of that is guaranteed. That is absolutely massive. Played under the franchise tag last season. He's got a $20 million signing bonus. He'll earn $34 million within the first 12 months and $50 million over the first three years. So it's no small amount of money. Now, obviously, Jason Pierre-Paul, uh, 28 we know what happened to him two off seasons ago. We all saw the hand, Ollie reluctantly so, and we all saw that it really did affect him in the first year. But I thought he was absolutely brilliant last season. Um, and I have no problem with you paying a premier pass rusher, which I think he has is slowly becoming again and will continue to be for at least the next two years. Um, I, I'm all for them keeping him in New York. My only concern is that they've got so much money invested on the front of that line now. Between Damon Harrison, JPP, and um, Olivier Vernon, you're talking about a good $50 million out of your $135 million cap space invested on your defensive line. I like it when teams put strength upon strength, but I might have imagined that with the Vernon deal being front-loaded and the Harrison deal being front-loaded, they might have tried to back-load this deal a little more just to help themselves with cap space. Yeah, but then you're you're kind of punishing a guy or not rewarding a guy who's come back from a serious injury who has given you so many good years already just because you want to back-load the, the, the space. I, I'm, I'm talking about that from a, a devil's advocate point of view. JPP is such a talented guy player that he as you as we saw in last last season he got better and better throughout the season until until that little injury at the end um in his chat with giants tv i think it was after the the deal was signed he said i'm delighted to be uh, to have been drafted here and i'm de- delighted that i will remain here for the rest of my my playing career and he also said that he is still learning how to play the position with half a hand you know how half a half as good a, 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 on one side in being able to actually play the position anyway so i think i think it's a positive move from him it's of, of course it's a positive move from the giants and it, it keeps that continuity and i think it's excellent from the giants that they're, they're realizing that if we get the pressure up front we don't have to worry too much about what's going on behind. <laughs> no, we'll do NFC. And the thing is, behind, don't forget me wrong, they had Landon Collins had a brilliant season. Janoris Jenkins was excellent when exactly. he came in. I really like Eli Apple a lot. And I think when they had Dominic Rogers cromarcy fit before the end of the season and they had Apple playing in the slot, they had three corners they really trusted. I, I, their defense is looking good. I think they could do with a linebacker maybe in the draft if they don't go out and get one in the... Um, they don't, if they don't go out and get one during this offseason. I mean, you look at what teams like, say, the Colts have done in free agency this year. And we're going to... I mean, we'll mention Mante Teo is going to... Um, uh, Mante Teo is going to the Saints, for example. Like linebacker isn't a position where there's been a lot of availability, but I think there have been one or two players that you could have looked to pick up. Mm. But actually, um, the Colts spotted, and Chris Ballard in particular, spotted that they had a an issue at linebacker 
and he went out and I think he signed four in free agency of various uh, levels. You know, Sean Spence, I know they brought in. Uh, I'm trying to remember who else they have done. Sorry, I, I did. Oh, Jabal Sheard they brought in, yeah. of course, as well. Um, yeah, they, they've gone out and they've addressed an area of need. This is addressing an area of strength. And I will talk more about the Giants when we talk NFC East, but you've just got running back is still a problem. Eric Flowers at left tackle is still a problem. Uh, you know, there are still enough parts in there that make me think the Giants aren't quite ready to compete with the Cowboys at the top of the division. And I'm, I'm just concerned the Cowboys are going to kind of run away with that over the next couple of seasons. But we'll, well get I into think, all that. Yeah, but also. very quickly with the Cowboys, they've lost. They lost Barry Church. Uh, who else did they lose from their second? Brandon Carr as well. So second, I know secondary and. Uh, and uh, cornerbacks' safety is is a strong suit in this dr- particular draft class. But when you t- lose two guys like that who did have very good seasons last season, albeit because probably because the offense had such a good season, and it, and it kind of brings the defense up. But I, I wouldn't be so sure. Well, they've, they've, I, th- I think it's lost, closer than you think it will be. They've lost all four of their defensive back starters, basically, with Brandon Carr going and signing um, exactly. as well. So, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. Uh, Raiders agreed to a two-year deal with Jared Cook, two uh, years, $12.2 million. That's $0.2 million more than uh, Martellus Bennett. <laughs> we'll get over the first two years. Of course it is. Um, he might be earning a tiny bit amount more money. It's, it's interesting because that Raiders offense is looking really exciting if they can add... Uh, a bell cow running back I like the two guys they've got in the backfield in, in Rashad and in Washington as third down backs as pass catching backs as complementary guys um, I, I, I like the Cook signing I, I think it's a, it's, it's a good one he can block he can catch the ball I've got no problem with it I just think that yeah they definitely want to uh, definitely want to be looking at that running back until they become properly elite offense but if they if they had one of those top three running backs in the first round of the draft He's um he's a he's a top ten tight end. He's not a top five tight end. Uh, Jared Cook is a very very good player, and I think he's of course an upgrade on Michael Rivera, who who's gone to the Jags. But I don't think he's worth point two million dollars more than Martellus Bennett. So I think (laughs) I think actually that was a if you're talking about players that's a fantastic move by green bay to to ship out him and bring in bennett and uh yeah but i'm very happy about that well you know who the raiders could be adding of course well yeah marshall lynch yeah (laughs) now uh, the move makes a huge amount of sense for everyone involved lynch is an oakland native and a bit of a folk hero locally if not a full-on hero locally um the Seahawks have there's there's actually an interesting relationship in the Seahawks front office and the and the Raiders front office in the um, the two general managers Reggie and I, forgot, I completely forgot what the Seahawks general manager is called but they're actually they've worked together previously um, himself uh, John Snyder and, and and Reggie and then they know each other so there's possibility that they would allow him to either go for a very late pick or just release him entirely knowing that basically there's no way Marshall Lynch is going to come back and play for the Seahawks. But his agent, Doug Hendrickson, has said he does miss football, no question. And Lynch has apparently said if he does come back, the one team he'd play for is Oakland. Now, he's 12 months younger than Adrian Peterson, has just had a year off football, hasn't got any of the serious injury problems that Peterson has had over the past four years. If he's suddenly available and if he's suddenly available to Oakland, I 
would kind of move heaven and earth to show Marshall Lynch that we want him there because suddenly it becomes a real Super Bowl window this next season for the Raiders. Absolutely, and Oakland have got um, they've got the cap space. I don't think Lynch will command that much. He'd heavily incentivize it as well. Um, it'd be a huge upgrade on Latavius Murray, who went to the Vikings and, by all intents and purposes, has a. Uh, he's he's just had an ankle. Um, he's just had ankle surgery. So indeed, yeah. Apparently, that's something they knew before he was coming to sign. And I, I mean, I'm kind of amazed when you look at Latavius Murray's three odd million. You look at Eddie Lacy's three point five million. I mean, Legarrette Blunt hasn't signed anywhere yet, but I'm sure he can. He will do, and I'm sure that Peterson will find a new home. And I think you kind of feel like these bell cow style, like well, not even bell cow style. These kind of two down backs who can run the ball at the gut but can't do a lot in the passing game, they, they kind of feel like a dime a dozen. And I kind of feel like Murray and, and Eddie Lacey have both been a bit overpaid. No? Well, yeah, I kind of agree with you. Just a second, mate. <laughs> yeah, OK. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll expand on that while you're doing whatever you need to do. Uh, I, I think that there's guys you can go out and get in the draft who you can find in later rounds who will do the same job as these guys. And I think your money would be better invested elsewhere. Um a couple of other deals that have happened over the recent days. One that did catch the eye, Kiko Alonso signing a three-year extension with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, had a big bounce back 2016 season. He's been given a $25 million extension, 185 of that guaranteed, uh, which tacked onto the $3.9 million restricted tender he received uh, this season. Uh, Do you think that's a good move? I love it. 115 tackles, two interceptions, four passes defended in 2016. He has insane sideline to sideline speed and we didn't see it in Buffalo because of the knee injury that wiped out his entire 2014. I think Kiko Alonso it's an area of weakness for the Dolphins or has been in recent years and he is stronger than what else they've got there and I, I'm a big big fan of Kiko Alonso so I've got no problem. I think what they're doing is they've realised that he's had a year sort of getting back playing solidly and they're, they're paying for the player that showed what the play, the kind of player was in Buffalo, and and th- that's you know that's what they're they're paying for now, and that they're, they, they're projecting they, to next yeah, season. Yeah, they're 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 expecting that he'll that he'll um he'll have an up not an upturn in form, but you know he'll just get better and better and better. And, and look, I, really, I like it. They really like the front of their line, Wake and Sue and Hayes and Brant. Like they're, they're, they're fans of all of that, and linebacker has been a problem, and, and they've gone out and fixed it. And with bringing Rashad Jones back, um, you know, we've talked about how it's a strong corner draft. I think corner is somewhere they could look. Uh, they brought in Julius Thomas, but I think tight end is somewhere they might look as well. If they can stay healthy on the line, I'm not sure about Laramie Tunsil kicking back out to left tackle yet. I think that's one we're really going to have to keep an eye on. But Do you know what? He, he had such a good year. Or, or you know when he was fit last year, I he's the kind of player with his talent and his skill set that I I'm not too worried about him kicking out there because well, he, he I think he's I think he's got it. I think he's got it. League as a tackle, but he just I liked the move to guard. I thought he did really well there. Yeah, but no, indeed. But when you you know, I th- it, one it, it's good that he can play across the line, but. But two, you've got an off season to to work out whether he can do it, and I think he probably could. <laughs> I mean, do you do you have um, do you have any desire to talk about the quarterback still on the market? No, not really. I mean, everybody else is, aren't they? 
Yeah, I kind of feel like, I mean, Jay Cutler, I think, will land somewhere eventually. The the Jets makes a lot of sense, but I know they've just brought in McCown on what looks like big money on paper, but is actually only about $6 million, and there's a lot of um, money that's back-ended if they make the playoffs, etc., which I don't (laughs) think is likely. Um, (laughs) It's been funny. Tory Smith uh, tweeted last night about Colin Kaepernick, and I know they're former teammates, but uh, he was stunned there are 62... Uh, quarterbacks, so 64 quarterbacks who have jobs and Kaepernick doesn't. His skill vastly exceeds others who are on the market. Not saying he's the greatest, but should he be kicked out for football reasons yet? No way, just my opinion. Did you um, did you hear the latest around the NFL or around the league and Chris Wessling breaking down how um, breaking down Colin Kaepernick's actual play last year rather than some of the off-field stuff that, I, that people I, are saying? I, I don't think Kaepernick's a good quarterback. I think he doesn't see the field properly. I think he uh, rushes into running the ball too quickly and doesn't sit in the pocket. He misses throws. And I think that's one big thing with the with kind of running quarterbacks. Wide open throws missed should be a stat we pay more attention to. And I don't know how they can log that stat. I don't know if there's someone like Pro Football Focus who could put that stat together. But there are guys in the league who are a lot better than Colin Kaepernick who are very... Uh, who are very guilty of doing it and i mean great players like russell wilson who over the last two seasons has proved himself as being in the conversation of a top five definitely top 10 quarterback he misses wide open throws pretty regularly because of the lack of protection up front and his occasionally seeing ghosts and jumping out of the pocket a little too quick Tannehill leaves throws on the field all the time like guys who are definitely better than colin kaepernick are really guilty of doing this but he does do it badly i just think that there are teams like buffalo with tyrod taylor for example where he makes sense as a backup they'd be able to get him cheap and i i hate the idea that it's because of his anthem protests and everything else you know i stand with those who kneel i absolutely believe it's fair and it's a protest which makes sense and it just it makes me feel a little bit sick that he might be out of the league entirely over that. And I really, I, you know, I'd happily see him come back to the 49ers as a, as a backup option, as a guy who could, could work with the offense and be some, uh, you know, a, a difference maker mm-hmm. potentially coming in when they need him on running play stuff, you know. But he opted out, didn't he? He opted out of his 49ers deal. So why would he, surely that means he's not coming back. I, Unless the 49ers are the only option to offer him a route back into football. And they, and they offer him just a couple of million or whatever. It's absolutely possible. Yeah. Um, I, the one story I really loved this week, Tony Jefferson. Did you see about this? Go on. Uh, he's gone to the Ravens. We'll be talking about the Ravens in the next show and how much I love the secondary that they're putting together there. Um, he admitted that he went on to Madden, mm. put Tony Jefferson on different teams in Madden, played with himself as those teams in Madden, not to see how he'd fit in their team, but to see how he looked in their uniform. Incredible. And he chose the Ravens uniform as his favourite. Well, not necessarily. I think it was, you know, we talked about the role that, uh, you know, Eric Weddle played in the signing and everything else. I think it would, I think there were other factors in play, but I certainly think he went and looked himself in a Ravens uniform to see if it was a good look. Oh yeah, you know, red is just not my color, so I'm not going to go there. Coming from the coming from the man behind Kitwatch, I thought you'd love this. I do love it. I love it. I'm just, I'm just I was just kidding. I I love that. I think it's amazing. Uh who hasn't done that? Put on different shirts just to see how they look. 
It's fair. It's fair. Yeah. I've tarted myself up right now because there's this works drinks thing tonight. Yeah. That's Tried could, a couple of shirts first. Could be a bit messy. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, I've got work tonight, so I'm literally oh, going for an hour and then leaving <laughs> again. So, oh, by the way, is it work uh, in inverted commas? If, again? if Master if Mastertron hasn't asked you yet, he's looking for somebody to do kickoff tonight. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I've I've already said no because Fine. I I have to. Guys, office politics is almost as big as office gossip. When the rest of your team are going out to work drinks. And it's been made abundantly clear that you need to be at said work drinks. You have to be at said work drinks rather than take on extra work. I'm just having a look through some of the other um, free agency, more roundup-y type articles just to see if there's any smaller deals we should be discussing. Mark Sanchez apparently visiting the Bears today. <laughs> oh, Sanchez and Glennon, what a pairing. Uh, the Falcons have signed not one, but two fullbacks in order to following the departure of Patrick DeMarco. God, they really are at the point in the year when it's the smaller deals. Sean Drone signing with the Giants. I mean, we talked about their need for running backs. I think he's a guy you can add some depth, six touchdowns last season, decent passing down back. You know, he's never going to be your, your number one back, but he's not bad in a rotation. Christine Michael returns to the Packers. Uh, you know, showed flashes, but he's always shown flashes. He's a flash in the pan. I think he might just be that. Uh, Luke Wilson re-signing with the uh, Luke re-signing with the Seahawks might not seem like the biggest move in the league, but it did lead to an an incredible tweet where he, I don't know who did it for him, but he took the moment from Wolf on Wall Street where the main character Leonardo DiCaprio's character uh, he, they think he's going to announce that he's having to leave because of the legal issues and he mm. does the big thing in the office where he's like i'm sticking around and everyone goes mental and they have a huge party well they've done that but put luke wilson's head on leonardo dicaprio's and then for all the people celebrating in the office it's like russell wilson and oh my uh, god it's really funny it's all well right, I'll I'll at level l wilson underscore 82 it is it's very very funny so okay, that's good uh, i think that's well a, going to check out i think that's a good um, a good move from the Seahawks because he had a better connection than Jimmy Graham with Russell Wilson and uh, he's a decent player uh, Niall Davis going to the Steelers quite like that move that's um, it's an interesting one um, I think that he's exactly the sort of guy you want in backing up Le'Veon Bell and can offer some passing down stuff so no problem Darius Butler signing with the Colts it's all kind of very low end stuff at this point I think we've kind of got through the bulk of it really yeah and I think that would be a good a good point to put this one away and then put this one to bed put this one to bed and talk about the AFC North tomorrow brilliant uh, Ollie on this podcast any final thoughts I'm really hungry. Do we want to segue here and re actually do the AFC North pod tomorrow so you can eat before you start work? Do you know what? I think so. It's quarter past one. That. I'm really I'm, hungry. I'm, Are you really hungry? I haven't eaten, so I. Are you I thinking about burrito too? It is me. I uh, do. I can't. I, I'm not in town. I want a burrito. I know, but, I've upset you there, uh, guys. Go enter our ballers competition. Uh, yeah, we've got three copies to give away. I put it out about an hour ago, and it's only had 48 retweets so far. So that's some pretty good odds of you winning a Season 2 DVD or Blu-ray of Ballers. And it is brilliant, and it is dead funny, and it's got Dwayne The Rock Johnson in, who's an absolute hero. And it's football-related. And, like, you know, I'm trying to think of some of the people who 
who were in it this season. Terrell Suggs was in it a lot. Eddie George was in it, the former Titans player. But there were also like a lot of current players who made one-episode cameos. I love Ballers. It's kind of like a slightly more likable version of Entourage, and it's based on the NFL. So what is there not to like? Um, and uh, Touchdown Trips, we'll be talking more with Ben on the next show, but do uh, make sure to go and register your interest because we'd love to see you there. Uh, any, Ollie? any final thoughts, Will? No. I wonder if you have any final thoughts. At the moment, I'm looking at the back of Ian Cruz's head, uh, who's talking <laughs> to Charlie. This is becoming more and more ridiculous, how much we're talking about people in the office. <laughs> really, really are. I'm really sorry, people. Really, really sorry. Uh, we sometimes forget that we're actually talking to you rather than just each other. there was a moment in this podcast where i just told you about a shift you might be asked to do yeah that's a great point (laughs) (laughs) um uh look uh we didn't really mention it in fully earlier but i have enjoyed um seeing all the the messages of support and anti-terror messages around london and how british everyone has been about this how stiff upper lip so i just wanted to mention that as well um and uh yeah i don't know oh, i saw someone post um a, 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 an alt- not an altercation a, a interaction with a reporter the reporter says sir do you feel you're being defiant uh, making your way into work, and the guy goes, "Well, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to work." But you, exactly, but and you're, de- but you're defiant, and he said, uh, "Okay, yeah, whatever." But it, people, <laughs> but it, it is one of those. We're just going to work. We're getting on with our our lives. You can't let can't let these things uh, bring us down, and, and um, other people win. You can't do it brilliant right ollie love you lots uh thank you everyone for listening at gridiron on twitter we'll have an afc north show for you tomorrow we've already got some questions on twitter but as we're delaying the recording of this till tomorrow morning now uh, at gridiron on twitter to get further questions in on that uh make sure to go to touchdowntrips.com and touchdown trips facebook page we'll be speaking with ben on tomorrow's show and uh, going into the ballers competition so thank you very much for listening uh, at gridiron at will gav at ollie hunter lots of exciting stuff coming over the upcoming weeks um, in particular, have you seen the amazing names that are doing the NFL UK tour yeah. coming up in April? Yeah. Kurt Cousins, Peter King, Kurt Warner. Um, yeah, we'll have some exciting news around that. Should as well. we go on a road trip? One of us might already be doing that. Oh, okay. Are you one of those uh, exciting <laughs> names? <laughs> we'll, we'll, let's discuss this off air, shall we? I feel like this got awkward very quickly. Oh, fine. Uh, thank yeah. you very much for listening. This has been The Good Eye Show. Love you. Bye.